You're listening to the teaching of Calvary Paris. For more information, go to www.calvaryparis.com. John chapter 15, verse 11. If you guys could stand with me, we're going to read it. John chapter 15, verse 11. says, these things, Jesus is speaking, he says, these things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. One more time. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. Jesus, I pray for your Holy Spirit to fill this room. Lord, I pray for us to truly experience the joy of God today in our midst. Emmanuel, we ask you to be with us today. God in our midst. Lord, I pray that you would completely take me out of the way and that you would speak to the hearts and lives of your precious people today. God, I pray that you would bless this time in your word. We love you and we thank you and we give you glory. In Jesus' name, we all say amen. You guys can be seated. So I'm going to talk today about the joy of God. The joy of God. Now there's four radical events that have happened in my life that I attribute to joy. Like there were joyful moments in my life. The first being on May 8th, 2004, when Michelle Ann Torres at the time came walking down the aisle and we were given in holy matrimony. That was a joyful day. And she came down and she was beautiful as ever and and it was just... Pastor Phil was there. He was in our midst. Like, it was just a joyful moment, and, and we danced the night away, and I told DJ Bunny, our, Bunny our, our, our DJ at the time, I was like, hey, Bunny, play us some funk tracks. And so we were dancing the night away, and, and it was just a, it was an amazing, amazing, great name for a DJ, by the way. Um, don't recommend it, but it was interesting. So anyway, we, it was a joyful day. We, ha- we had an am- amazing time. It was a joyful moment in our life. But so too with God, the, the moment we entered into covenant with him, there was celebration in all of heaven. The moment we said, yes, Lord, I will follow you. I will enter into relationship with you, Jesus. There was celebration in all of heaven. Three other joyful moments in my life was the birth of my three boys, Isaac, Malachi, and Josiah. Isaac is a, a radical young man. He's nine years old. He's just amazing. I still remember when he came out of the womb, and, and uh, it, was just, it was like my buddy, my partner, my pal, and, and uh, it was just a spectacular moment, a celebration. And then there was Malachi when he was born. He was freaking out, just like, Wah! but I'll never forget. He was freaking out, and his face is all red and puffy, and, ah! and then I came over, and I was like, Malachi. This is your daddy. And he's like, hey. and he just mellowed out. And I was like, wow, he knew the voice of his father. And then there's Josiah who's like, right there, what's up, bro? He actually wanted to come in and hear his daddy teach the Bible. He's two. And uh, he was born, and it wasn't a normal birth. It was a C-section, which was new for us. And we're like, okay. And so it was kind of an interesting moment. And we're all, I'm all gowned up. And and uh, my wife's freaking out. She's just like, oh, it's not supposed to hurt. It was a C-section. It's not supposed to hurt. Like that. And I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah, I know. I'm sorry, baby. And, um, and I'll never forget, though, as she's freaking out, the anesthesiologist looks at me, and he's like, 
you know I can gas her, right? <laughs> and I'm like, really? <laughs> so, like, she's just there like, ah! And, uh, and so I was like, yeah, go for it. So he totally gassed her, and so she's like, ah! Out, cold. Next thing I know, about 30 seconds later, they pull out Josiah. And I was like, oh, yeah, great. Hey, buddy. And they gave him to me. And I was like, yay. And then she's still out, you know. And I'm like, yay, your mommy's asleep. So anyway, and she finally comes to and she's like, oh, he's born. Yay. And it was a spectacular moment. But regardless, there was great joy because new life had entered the world. So too is there great joy in God's heart when we are born again, when we receive his newness of life, when we receive his newness of life, joy, the joy of God, the joy of God, joy, it's to rejoice, gladness, exaltation, you see, joy equals contentment, joy equals peace, joy equals rest, is this not what the entire world is searching after? People just want to be happy, right? They just want to be happy. They just want to have joy. They want to be able to smile. They want to be able to laugh. People, that's why people love comedies. Like, people want joy. They want to be happy. That's what this world is searching after. Now, the key, though, to unlock the door of God's joy is spoken of in the two previous verses in John 15 and verses 9 through 11. Excuse me, 9 verses verses 9 and 10. It says, as the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. So two things, I call them the keys, these two keys, love and obedience. If we want to unlock the door of God's joy and experience it and walk in it and celebrate it, it starts with love and it's with obedience. These two keys unlock the door to the joy of God. Love, the love of God. Are we experiencing the love of God? Are we receiving it and are we giving it? I remember when my life was radically transformed by the love of God. I was in Tanzania, Africa on a missions trip. I was there for a couple months, and I had suffered a little bit in Africa. It's kind of a hard place to be. Anyone here been to Africa? Like, yeah, it's not easy. So I remember I, we had, I'd been stolen from three times. I passed a kidney stone. So I kind of know what it's like to have a baby. And regardless, and, and, but I also had malaria, okay? It was just wasn't easy, but I remember being there, and, and after being there for a, a, a while, um, there, I was just being broken. You see, up until that time, I had a, a bit of a legalistic nature in my walk with Jesus. I so wanted to impress him and do the next radical thing for Jesus and, and do the next great missionary adventure for Jesus, and, and I just, and, but it, it also took on this legalistic nature, and I began to criticize others and, and point the finger at other people if they're not doing what I'm doing, and And it just got kind of sour. I was trying to impress God, if you will. But I'll never forget this evening of worship with with my team there when we were just singing to the Lord. And and all of a sudden, God just began to speak to my heart. And he said so clearly, he just said, Danny, stop trying to impress me. I love you. You don't have to impress me. I love you just for who you are. 
I just began to weep like a baby. I remember just crawling up in like a fetal position. It's like, oh, Lord. You know, he just began to break me of all my pride, all my religiosity, all that, and just said, look, I love you. I love you. And it changed the way I look at myself. It changed the way I look at people. Like, hey, I'm loved by God. You see, when we're confident in the love of God, we're able to freely express that love to others. And it unlocks that door of joy. But then there's also obedience. Obedience. Obeying God. Obeying His Word. I think the example of Phil and Rebecca. I still remember the day when he, when he told me, he's like, God spoke to us. He spoke to me about going out as a missionary and planting a church. And he said, God said three words to me. He said, go Costa Rica. You know what? He went. And lives were saved. People were touched. A church was birthed. And, and many of you have even gone down there, I'm sure. And so because of his simple act of obedience, lives were changed for all of eternity. So obey. We obey. And, and it unlocks that door of joy. So love, the, love and obedience, the two keys that unlock that door. So as his door is open wide, there's three things that we're going to find this morning when we look at the joy of God. The joy of God is theological. The joy of God is positional. And the joy of God is testimonial. So theological. It's theological. Because Jesus declares my joy. He says my joy. The very joy of God himself he wants to give to us. He wants us to experience his personal joy. And this, is, this takes a little bit of digging, takes a little bit of investigation, but theology, the, this theological concept, theology, all right? And some look at this word and, and they, they get excited like, yeah, let's talk theology, baby. Come on. You know, and they want to talk into the wee hours of the night about theological reasoning and, and all these deep concepts of God, and that's awesome. But then there's those who are like, well, I don't know, really know if I want to go to seminary. I, you know, that's cool. I love God, but that theology, I don't know. You know, and so it kind of strikes some fear. But the thing is, we're all theological. We all think about God to some extent. Because all theology really is, is just the study of God. It's the science of God and divine things. The truth is, though, we need good theology, right? We need to have a, a good understanding of what the Bible really says. We need to have a good understanding of who God really is and the nature and deity of Christ. And so... This ties in to his joy. And so if we're theological, all we're doing is studying his character. Every time you open up his word, you're being theological. We're studying his heart, his love, his salvation to know who we believe in, why we believe it, and what we believe in. See, as we study his attributes, as we study his character, his person, the joy of God begins to unfold. We begin to experience his joy begin to see who he really is in all his glory. Think about his creation for a second. His creation. I love to think about nature and the, and the way it displays the beauty of God. I, I um, love to, every once in a while, get my wife some flowers. And I remember this one time I got her some tulips. Any tulip fans here, ladies? Like tulips? All right. So tulips, they're an amazing flower. They got a lot of personality and all that stuff. And guys here, don't check out, homies. All right? Like, Get to know your flowers, all right? Fellas, know your flowers, all right? Because it pays off. 
Anyway, so I got my wife some tulips, and, and there they were on the table, and, and they had, they had become, began to blossom a bit and open up. And I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. And I look in, it was this purple tulip, and I look in, it had this like perfect diagram, asymmetrical mathematical equation of beauty inside this tulip. And I'm like, God, you didn't have to do that. Like most of us don't look inside a flower. We just look at a flower like, oh, these are nice. And so, and, but we, I looked inside and I was like, that is amazing. All these different colors and facets. And, and God's like, yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. I did it for you. I wanted you to see how creative I really am. Or think about oceanography for a second. It said that only 5% of our ocean has actually been explored and, and really been understood. Anyone ever seen a Harlequin ghost pipefish? Right. Exactly. It's this little green tube-looking fish that's really strange. And, and it's like, really, Lord? Like, nobody sees this fish. It's in the depths of the ocean. But then you see it, and if you look at it, it's like, God, you didn't have to do that. And he's like, yeah, I did. Because I knew that one day you'd be talking about it, November 27, 2016, and you would realize that I am great. You see, the harlequin or, or the blue ring octopus, right? I mean, yeah, like, have you ever played with one and, hung, and like, seen? No. It's strange. It's weird, but it's colorful, and it's beautiful, and it's majestic looking. It's, it's radical. It'd probably bite you, too, but regardless. And you look at it, and you're like, God, you didn't have to do that. And he said, yes, I did. Yes, I did. Because I want you to experience my joy. The joy of my creation. I want you to know how creative and wonderful and fun I really am. How about Jupiter? Really, Lord? You created Jupiter? Like, you didn't have to do that. It's got like 23 moons. It's massive ball of gas and stuff. Like, none of us are ever going to go there. Right? But it's there. And it's like, Lord, really? Jupiter? Yeah, totally. Totally had to do that. For you and for me. So I love being theological and thinking about God, thinking about his creation. Oh, but then you look at his word. You look at the beauty of his word and what his word unfolds. How about John eleven thirty five? Jesus wept. The, definitely the easy, if you ever have a problem memorizing scripture, start there. <laughs> Jesus wept. But it reveals his humanity. It reveals how compassionate he was and is. So we begin to study his word and say, God, you're so good and compassionate. You shed a tear for me. Oh, you're good. We think about his word. We also think about his greatness and his glory. How about Revelation 4, 8? Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come, displaying his majesty and his glory. And I think it's, it, the angels are just saying that again and again and again. Like every time they say holy, it's like, holy, oh, you're amazing, holy, holy. And it's just bigger. He's just more majestic and more majestic. You see, as we study him, we see God is big and he's good and he's worthy of our worship. His plan also, his word also reveals his plan of salvation. His plan of salvation. You see, we're all deserving of God's wrath and judgment, aren't we? When we really look at our sinful nature, and we're like, man, I'm jacked up. I'm a mess. We're all deserving of sin and death, of, of hell and death. And we've all fallen short. 
of his holiness. But it's not the end of the story, is it? It's not the end of the story. Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates his own love toward us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. His love is greater than our sin. Isn't that amazing? That's something to get joyful about. His love is greater than our sin, greater than our shame. His love is greater. You see, it was a joy for God to do that. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross and despising the shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That's God's heart of joy for you and for me. The joy of God, the joy that he had in giving his son for you and for me. Saying, I want you to experience me. I want you to know me. He gave it all for us. So as we study him, as we think about him, as we, as we contemplate the greatness of God, joy is unpacked. Joy is shown. His word also reveals his father's heart. As Isaiah 12, 1 says, your anger is turned away and you comfort me. His chastisement is turned into comfort. His anger is turned into affection. To be comforted. Oh, to be comforted by God. To, be, to comfort someone, it means to strengthen them, to invigorate them, to give them cheer, to ease their grief or trouble. As a parent comforting a child, I still remember when um, I was about 15 years old, and, and when I was 15, I was about this height. So I was a big kid, tall guy, and um, I loved basketball. I was pretty good, too. And um, like that. <laughs> anyway, I loved basketball, so I'd always be like Mr. NBA Dreamer as a young teenager, and I was out in my backyard shooting some hoops and, and uh, going up for the layup, because I couldn't dunk, obviously. <laughs> But um, I was going up for the layup like, <sighs> right? And I, but when I came down, I totally came down the edge, bam, rocked my ankle. And I let out probably this girlish scream of like, yeah! And regardless, it was, it was loud enough for my dad to come running out. Now, here's the thing. My dad is 6'5", big boy, just, uh, and he's got a big old stash, just, and a great guy. And I, and I totally wrecked my ankle, let out this scream, and next thing I know, my dad just comes up and he's like, I got you, son. And he picks me, remember, I'm 6'1", I'm a big kid, and he's just like, I got you. And he takes me and throws me in the truck and we go to the hospital. I was like, that's right, that's right, that's my dad right there. And uh, you know what, so too with our father, our heavenly father. There we are broken because we're trying to show off and do this and do that. And he's just like, oh, I love you. You're not too big. This problem isn't too big for me. I'll pick you up. And he takes us in and he takes care of us, doesn't he? Or I think of my little boy, Josiah, when, when he's crying and now that he's talking, he's just like, dad, 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 one more song. <laughs> he's so cute. But... When, when he's hurting or he falls down, he, he busted his lip the other day, and it's like, oh, Bobby. And, and you know, my heart just is filled with compassion. I pick him up, and I comfort him. He lays his head on my shoulder, and, man, he's a, it's just, it's, it gives him comfort. He needs that. Well, that's how the Lord looks at us. He looks at us with compassion. He's like, oh, it's okay. Just come here. 
I know you fell down. I know, I know you hurt yourself. I know you made a bad decision, but I love you anyway. Will you let me hold you? You see, when we allow him to hold us, we allow him to embrace us, allow him to comfort us, joy unfolds. I'll begin to, <sighs> it's going to be all right. So his joy is theological, but also his joy is positional. So it, his joy is found not only in the study of Jesus, but his joy is found in Jesus. The joy of God is positional. As, it sa- as Jesus says in, in verse 11 there, these things I have spoken to you that, that my joy may remain in you. He wants it to stick, the sticky stuff. He doesn't want it to go away, and it doesn't have to go away. We can continually walk in the joy of God. It's positional. It's, it's based upon who we are in Him. I don't know if any of you ever have ever heard of the shepherd's tree, but it's this beautiful tree in the middle of the Sahara Desert, and it has all these like edible berries and this beautiful bark and there's all these luscious leaves, and, but it's in the middle of the Sahara Desert, and you're looking like Really? Like, how could this, it's in the middle of nowhere, no rain, nothing. But then you realize why it, it produces such fruit and it produces such beauty. is because its root system, its roots go 68 meters deep. That's deep. You ever try, I mean, you ever pulled a weed where you're like, you know, and you're like, oh, I got to dig it. Like, try pulling that weed. You know what I'm saying? That's not going anywhere. Those roots are deep. All right, 68 meters deep. And so that's equation of 204 feet, just in case. Yeah. So, so too with us who are positioned in Christ. Let your roots go deep in him. Let your roots sink deep because no matter what comes your way, because things will come our way, right? Things will come our way. Sickness, pain, divorce, disease, childs are sick, our children are sick, or whatever comes our way, we can be positioned in Christ and still bear the fruit of his love in our life, and joy can still be there. You see, his joy is our strength. His joy is our strength, as Nehemiah would say. The joy of the Lord is our strength. You see, when we hold on to these keys of love and obedience, we just hold them tight, his, in his joy become unmovable and unshakable. And he says to us, just remain. Just remain. Just stay. Stay in me. Be still and know that I am God. Just let those roots go deep. Okay, God. Okay. 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 And as we do, we begin to experience the greatness of his strength, the greatness of his joy in our life. Because no matter, and we begin to understand, no matter how difficult that trial is that we are going through, maybe presently, he can, we can hear him say to us, this too shall pass. This is gonna, it's going to be okay. This too will pass. Even if it lasts until death, our dying day, it will pass. So we can be positioned in him and his eternal promises. We're safe in him. We're secure in Jesus. Nothing can snatch us out of his hand. We're safe in him. But also, not only is his positional joy our strength but it's also our source he is our source of joy as it also says in isaiah 12 therefore with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation 
I can recall the times that I've been living overseas in places like India or Africa and where you're living in the, your only water source is from a well. Now the thing about uh, with a, a well being your only water source is the thing is you have to keep going back again and again. It does, it, you don't just turn on the faucet. You got to go back and walk over and fill up your bucket and like, all right, and then pump it. And then you bring it back. And there's your water supply. That's so too with the joy of the Lord. Like he's our source, but we got to keep going back to Jesus, okay? We can't just think that we can run on empty and, and still be like bubbling over. We got to keep going back to him. Jesus, I need you again. I know it's, oh, it's only been five minutes, but I really need you again. He's like, great, good. Let's get that water going. Open wide your mouth and I will fill it, he says in, in Psalms 81.10. Just open wide, say, okay, God, I need, you. I need you again. Great, I got it for you. Streams of living water. He is our source. John 16, 24, ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Let's go back to Jesus again and again and again and again. He says, come on, come on, come on. He is always inviting us to experience more and more of him. So the joy of God is not based upon our performance. It's based upon our position. It's based upon our position in Jesus. And finally, the joy of God is to be testimonial. It's to be testimony. It's to be a testimony, as Jesus says, that your joy may be full, full, overflowing. You see, the most effective believer is the joyful believer. The most effective believer is the most joyful believer. You see, this world is desperate to find true joy and fulfillment when all along the answer is found in you and the answer is found in me. We have that to give. The greatest compliment a Christian could ever receive is for an unbeliever to look on their life and say, what is it about you? What is it about you? What do you have that I don't? How can you still smile in the midst of this? What is it about you? That's the greatest compliment we could ever receive because we're showing them the life that's in us. And it's Jesus. Are are we offering this world hope? Are we offering them the joy of God? Do they see it in our life? Are we wearing a smile, guys? Really, do they see Jesus in us? The power of a smile, really. I read of a man who had jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge to his doom. But earlier that day, before he jumped, he wrote a little note. And they found it at his apartment in San Francisco. And he wrote, he said, if one person smiles at me today, I won't jump. He jumped. If one person just smiles, friends, we have Jesus in us. The least we can do is give someone a smile. Offer the joy that's in you, the hope that lies within you. Let's share it. The most effective believer is the most joyful believer. D.L. Moody said this about our witness and, and, and laughter and joy coming from our life. Because we often take ourselves way too serious. Am I right? We really do. 
But he says this, he says, if Christians are gloomy and cast down and not full of praise, the world will reject their gospel. It is not good news if it does not produce praise in those who have it. Praise, laughter, and joy are a big part of our witness to the world. Laughter, guys, laughter. Now, I love to laugh, all right? And I think laughter this is one of the reasons I love to laugh is because everybody has a different laugh. I kind of think that laughter is like fingerprints because everybody's got their own thing going on. Really, I mean, think about it for a second. There's those people who have like the exhaust laugh, like, <laughs> and you're like, breathe, man. <laughs> and then there's like the silent head shaking, like, right? And they're turning all red. You're like, yeah. And then there's, then there's like the super high-pitched giggle, like, yeah. you're like, yeah, man, that's awesome. You know, and then it's really, I'm not, you guys know what I'm talking about. Like, think about it. Everybody's got a different, then there's the snort laugh. Oh yeah, we got any snorters in here? Right? And it's like, my grandma was a snorter. And uh, we'd be at Thanksgiving dinner and she'd be like, oh, <laughs> grandma, what was that? And then we had a, we had a friend um, a few years ago that she not only snorted, <laughs> but she polled people. So as she's snorting, she'd be like, ah, <laughs> and you're like, wow, that's really funny. You know, and so I love to laugh. Laughter is an amazing gift from God. And so, it's, you know, like the, like the gut, like hurting laugh, you're like, I can't breathe. <laughs> and you're like partially crying, partially laughing. Like that's from God. That's from the Lord. Let's experience that. Let's experience the joy and the laughter that God gives. I know there's seasons that we go through where we're, it's hard and it's difficult, but you know what? There's still joy to be found in God because we're going to heaven. We're going to heaven. We get to see and hold and hang out with Jesus Christ forever. Isn't that amazing? So we as Christians, let us shine the joy of God. Don't be afraid to laugh. Let it out. Let it out. Maybe you think it's a silly laugh. Go for it. Other people will laugh with you. <laughs> Just let it out. Psalms 126 verse 2, it says, Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. And they sang among the nations, The Lord has done great things for them. The nations will look upon our lives and say, God has done something good in you. See, that's right. That's right. It's the, it should be the testimony of our life. No matter the pain, the heartache, or level of trial, our joy can be full. I think of my grandma, who's now with Jesus. She really was one of the most joyful human beings that I've ever met. You know what? But her life wasn't easy. She had suffered and battled through cancer. She had multiple open heart surgeries. And the most painful of all was the death of my Uncle Mike, her son. A 19-year-old kid had broken into their house. He was house-sitting for my, my grandma and my grandpa. And a 19-year-old guy broke in and, and he killed my uncle with a golf club and took off. And for 13 years, they never found him. You know what? My grandma trusted Jesus through this. 
It was, on, it was even on America's Most Wanted, this guy who had done it. And you know what? Six months before she went home to be with Jesus, they found the guy down in Ensenada, Mexico. Brought him to justice. And my dad was actually able to share the gospel with him in the courtroom. The guy who had killed his brother. He said, you need Jesus. And even the guy's lawyer looked at him, looked at the, the convicted guy and, and said, you need to listen to that guy. <laughs> but this was the testimony of my grandmother's life. She still had joy in the midst of that pain to lose a child. And I remember asking her, sitting with her and saying, Grandma, like how? How can you still smile? How can you still have joy? And she said, because I know that God is there. I know that he is with me. Just knowing he is there. You know when you have a really good friend that just you're going through something, they just, they're just there. That's Jesus. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. That's where true, lasting joy is found when we recognize that God is with us now. Emmanuel. God with us. Because in his presence, as it says in Psalm 16, You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. You know, having the opportunity to to travel quite a bit, I know it's difficult on my family at times, but there's nothing in the world like coming home. I open the door and I hear, hear my boys, Daddy's home! And they run up and they grab me and, and my little boy Josiah is just like, you know, and it's like, yeah, and I just grab them and I wrestle with them, and daddy's home, and it makes such a, my wife's like, oh, whew. you know, it makes such a difference when dad's home, when, when I'm around. You know what, you guys, so too, does it make a difference in our lives when we welcome God into our home, when we welcome Jesus into our lives and into our heart, and maybe there's some of us sitting here today, maybe there's some sitting here today that said, you know what, I... I've been resisting. I haven't been joyful. I've I've been shutting him out. But you realize he's knocking on that door today and he's saying, hey, I just want to come in. I just want to be home in your heart. I just want to be, I want to be around you. I like you. I love you. I want to save you. So maybe it's, you've never responded to Jesus, never said, okay, Lord, you never said, I, I choose to follow you, I surrender, here I am. Jesus, I realize that you died for me, that you rose from the grave, and, and I believe in that, and I want you in my life. Maybe it would be a first-time decision. But there's, maybe there's also people here who, you, like I said, you've just been resisting. Like, ah, I, I, I want to do my own thing. And the Lord's like, but my thing's really better. And I just want to be around you. I just want to be welcome in your home. So wherever you're at today, I want to pray and just have a moment that each of us would have a moment with God right now. And let's welcome him in. So will you pray with me? Jesus, I thank you so much for each person here today that you so dearly love, that you laid down your life for. Lord, and there's any here today, they hear you knocking gently. 
You're a gentleman. You're not going to barge in, but they hear you knocking. Lord, I pray they'd open and say, all right, Jesus, I'm ready. I'm ready for you to come in to my home, to my heart, to my life. I want to know your joy. I want to know you. If you're here today, and maybe it's for the first time, and you say, yeah, that's me. I want Jesus. With our, with our heads bowed, our eyes closed, and, and just say, yeah, I want Jesus in my life. I just ask, ask you to take a step of faith. Just as I said, all our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, and just, I'd just like you to slip up your hand. I'm going to pray for you. Say, yeah, that's me. I'm ready for Jesus. I've never really surrendered my life to him. And maybe those here today who have just been resisting and saying, wanting to do it your way and, and you've and been kind of holding the door shut. You, you belong to him, but you've just been resisting the fullness of his presence. If that's you today, I want you to just raise up your hand. Amen. 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 Awesome. Awesome. So Lord, I thank you for these who have taken just a step of faith between you and them. You see their heart, you see their desire, you see their affections. And Lord, I pray that we'd each let our guards down and be a level of surrender in our lives. And we'd say, all right, Lord, here I am. I'm ready to experience the fullness of your joy, the fullness of your joy, and walk with you hand in hand. Lord, I pray that you would baptize us with your Holy Spirit. I pray that you would fill us to the point of overflowing, that we would be a witness to this lost and dying world. Lord, would you put a smile on our face, a laughter in our hearts, Lord, and kindness in our words. We love you, Jesus, and we give you glory, we give you praise, because you are worthy. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen.